Hello and welcome to the Psychomedia Podcast. I am Benethi Felswan and alone I shall be talking about the funny side of psychology. This is because Tim is a feckless lollygagging hobbyist who is currently to be found gallivanting around the south coast taking photographs and bothering the wildlife. I am consequently left in sole command of this podcast vessel and will do my best to preserve its reputation and standing until the coward swan's ignominious return. Uh, this endeavour has been rendered somewhat more difficult by me staying up until 1am a few nights ago watching the extended edition of the first Hobbit movie, and then continuing to stay up until 4am watching all the additional features and documentaries. I am therefore, as one might presume, pigging tired, firing on about four-fifths of a cylinder, and generally absent in what few faculties I possess when not sleep-deprived and infected with a near-permanent inclination to burst into melodious dwarven song. However, the show must go on, as they say, they in this case being everyone except Tim. So, in an attempt to channel my current surfeit of soporific sloth, this week's episode will be mostly about yawning. Uh, uh. Anyway, uh, you can't spell Psychomedia Podcast without, without dead myopic cats, so with that in mind, let us commence with the formalities. First, feedback. Thanks this week to Alexander Anonymous, uh, Quendus on Twitter, who tweets, probably because that's what you do on Twitter. Anyway, while tweeting, he says, they ran direct current through my brain area, and now the whole thing is revisual cortex. Sad face, hashtag TCDCS. Uh, you're right, Alexander Anonymous, TDCS doesn't have enough letters already. Let it henceforth be known as TSCLDTCTSTLN. Or Tzlutkstln. Alexander goes on to ask, regarding episode 86 and the notion of grids of linked brains, did I watch Psychopass? Well, no, I did not, and did, in fact, have to head to Wikipedia in order to discover that Psychopass is an anime series that takes place in a dystopian future where it is possible to instantly measure a person's mental state, personality, and the probability that that person will commit a crime with a device installed on their body called the Psychopass. Uh, apparently the show follows a group of dystopolicemen and women investigating what I can only hope is referred to as brain crime. Uh, this actually sounds awesome. Uh, I will definitely check that out. Thank you, Alexander Anonymous, uh, for your feedback and suggestions of awesome anime shows that I should totally check out. Sounds extremely... Uh, Minority Report-ish in a very good way. Cool. So, uh, next bit. What has been occupying the majority of my brain this week? Well, apart from the aforementioned Hobbit binge and subsequent shame and self-loathing, this weekend I have mostly been procrastinating from work, uh, and the means of which I have chosen to procrastinate from work is procrastinating from doing podcast prep. Uh, it has therefore been nicht sehr productiv. Uh, one for our Spanish listeners there. Ruist uh, willkommen. Right. Getting very dark looks from Christina right now. Anyway, it's going to be a short one this week because I need to go lie face down on the bed with a pillow over my head. So, without further ado, let's psychology the crap out of this podcast. You know that thing where you have a dream where your girlfriend or boyfriend cheats on you and when you wake up, you know you shouldn't, but you still kind of feel angry at them. Well, first of all, apparently psychologists experienced this too and have decided to study it. Um, and 
apparently, uh, the dream version of me that appears in uh, Christina's dreams is a complete douche canoe. Mostly because he gets, seems to get angry at her for no reason or blames her for things that aren't her fault. Um, now, even though Christina is very good at not letting the assholishness of Dream Ben affect her treatment of the real Ben, uh, who shall henceforth be referred to as Ben Prime, I still kind of hate the Dream Ben and cannot wait for the invention of Inception technology so I can go fight him in an epic duel with lightsabers on the back of dragons. Um, this would be the way that it would go down because Christina's dreams are usually involving dragons or epic battles of various kinds, whereas mine tend to be staggeringly mundane, as I think I've mentioned before, uh, usually comprise... Lately, they've often seemed to be comprising me suddenly finding basic motor skills, like driving or running around corners, really, really difficult. Maybe it's all this time I'm spending with Tim. Anyway, since it is a widely accepted fact that the only thing more pointless than trying to explain your own dreams is listening to someone else try to explain theirs, uh, let's have a go at that psychology I mentioned. So, uh, researchers at the University of Maryland got undergraduates in long-term relationships to keep detailed dream diaries for two weeks, uh, along with records of their daily experiences, and in particular their interactions with their partner. They found that the effects of the dream content on subsequent interactions were highly dependent on the attachment style of the relationships in question. Now, romantic attachment styles are basically equivalent to infant parent attachment styles, presumably much to the satisfaction of a certain dead Viennan psychoanalyst. Um, and the four primary attachment styles are secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Uh, now, needless to say, you probably want to go for bachelor number one of that list, if possible. Uh, when it comes to the content of dreams seeping into real life, or as it shall henceforth be known, dream spillage, uh, not to be confused anyway, um, stability and interdependence of the relationships seem to be most important. For example, uh, dreaming of sexy times with your partner tends to lead to more feelings of intimacy on waking if your relationship is highly interdependent. Conversely, if your relationship is low in interdependence, uh, what the researchers found in this study was that the subsequent feelings of intimacy actually lower. Uh, and they suggest that this might be because the sex in the dreams was unwelcome or unpleasant, uh, which kind of sucks on a number of levels. Anyway, uh, other revelations include that, although for most people, dreams of partner infidelity tend to lead to reduced intimacy, this isn't the case for those who have the avoidant attachment style, because apparently they're already so jealous all the time anyway that their dreams really don't have much of an effect. Um, all in all, I, I think the take-home message from this study appears to be that if your relationship is stable and interdependent, then you don't really need to worry about what you or your partner get up to during your dreams. Um, and if your relationship isn't stable, well, you've probably got bigger problems to worry about. So, moving on from dreams, uh, the other thing that happens when you're sleeping, or sleepy, I should say, is yawning. Uh, there are literally only two things about sleep as far as psychology is concerned, dreams and yawning. Uh, I suppose if, if you insist you'd probably sneak in like delta rhythms as a cheeky third, but that's basically just to keep the neuroscientists happy. Anyway, the one thing that everyone knows about yawning is that it's contagious. If I yawn now, like this, 
There's a good chance that some of you listening will uh, have yawned as well. Uh, Christina, who's sitting behind me, definitely yawned as well, which is awesome. Uh, by the way, if you did yawn, please tell me, uh, because it makes me feel like I have the power to control your mouth parts with my mind. Um, you know, totally non-creepy. Well, okay, then maybe a little bit creepy way. But yes, I yawn, you yawn, we all yawn. One person, Once one person does it, everyone around them is also infected with the mind plague, just like pop music and vomiting. But does everybody? One theory is that yawn catching or uh, contagious yawning is highly correlated with empathy. People who score highly on measures of trait empathy are apparently more likely to experience contagious yawning. And there are certain specific groups of people uh, who do not experience the phenomenon, specifically uh, infants under the age of five and children with autism. Now, whether or not you buy the argument that people on the autistic spectrum lack empathy, um, both of these groups certainly do not seem to experience empathy in the same way, perhaps, uh, as older children or neurotypicals. Um, or at least they manifest it behaviorally differently, let's say. Uh, where the yawning research gets weird, however, is where you start adding animals into the mix. For example, apparently, dogs and chimpanzees can catch yawns, not just from each other, but also from humans. I suppose that kind of makes sense. I mean, chimpanzees, we would kind of expect them. They're close enough to us uh, evolutionarily and psychologically that we'd expect them to maybe experience empathy in similar ways that we do. And at the very least, like their facial features and all that are kind of similar. Dogs... Uh, not sure about the empathy thing, but it's certainly, they certainly are very tuned into like human emotional expressions. Uh, I guess being like social pack animals, that probably comes into it some extent. Anyway, uh, it gets weirder from there though. Apparently budgerigars can also catch yawns from each other. Um, and we know this because, uh, as we've established over a number of episodes, science as a discipline has trouble prioritizing its research. Uh, anyway, um, apparently, yeah, budgerigars can do it too. Apparently, if you put a bunch of budgerigars in a cage when one of them yawns, they all just go crazy yawning and stretching and all that kind of thing, uh, which I would kind of like to see. That would be awesome. Anyway, now, hold on to your hats, guys, because here comes the big one. Red-footed tortoises show no evidence of contagious yawning. Uh, yeah, it's groundbreaking stuff right there. I mean, the the, the red-footed tortoise question has really troubled science for, for years now. And uh, finally, we have an answer. Probably, probably not unrealistic to say that this is bigger than the moon landing in terms of scientific discoveries. Um, yeah, what... If anything, this can actually tell us about the psychological nature of yawning is highly questionable. But I think if you take an evolutionary perspective, it does make sense that yawning would probably not be adaptive for tortoises. I mean, they if just imagine how long it would take a tortoise to yawn. And if it were contagious, they'd presumably all have starved to death thousands of years ago because they got stuck in a perpetual yawning loop. Like the Galapagos Islands would just be the sleepiest place on the planet. Anyway... Uh, at this stage of both my preparation and the recording, primarily the preparation, I'd just like to register how much I have been yawning while writing all this prep and having to write the word yawning over and over again. Uh, so, note to self, 
never do a podcast about yawning again and if you're going to find that prep is inducing the phenomenon that you're talking about let's make the next episode about like eating chocolates or orgasms or something like get kind of messy anyway that's all from me uh for the psychology this week as you'd expect from a demi podcast it's way short and bite-sized because we don't have time to like waffle and talk excessively to each other about star wars and pointless things like that but I'm sleepy. I want to go to bed. So hopefully all this lovely sleepy talk will not only tide you over until that thrice damned swan gets back from his slugger bed coastal romp, which will hopefully be sometime within the next fortnight. And until then, do whatever you like in your dreams, as long as you are in a stable relationship, or I suppose if you're in no relationship at all, equally go crazy. Uh, and above all, whatever you do, don't yawn at a tortoise. Uh, practical advice from Psychomedia as always. Please feel free to contact us by email at psychomediapodcast.com, on Twitter at, at teampsychomedia, facebook.com slash psychomedia, or of course on the WordPress page, wordpress.com slash psychomedia, where there will be uh, probably an extremely sparse set of show notes this week, uh, but, you know, maybe I'll find a picture of a sleepy bear or something. Uh, we'll just see. Right then, that's it. I'm off to bed. Nighty night, sleep tight, and don't let the terrifying mind-drinking dream spiders bite.